0: Seriously. You think I'm brand new at this? Here we go. Well, it's okay. We do the same thing with my mic every time. You think I'm brand new. Fresh off his European trip and back in action is Jason Pridmore. Welcome to the Grace Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore presented by Bike911.com. Alex Asante is your guide. Go check out Bike911.com. That's a website, people. All right. We're going to get right to it because we have so much to talk about. But first and foremost, Jason Pridmore, welcome back to the United States of America. How was your
1: 10 days, 11 yeah, days? Yeah, it Prid- was a big here? one. It was a big one. It was great. It was great. And uh, it's weird. Didn't sleep much. I did. I basically went from uh, California to Boise to Pittsburgh. You know, I stayed in Boise for a couple of days, was in Pittsburgh for Mode America. Then I went to Scotland. Then I went to England. Then I went <laughs> to Ireland. Then I went back to England. Then I went to Italy. Then I went back to England. So yeah, it was it was rough and tumble, fun times. It was good. Feel a little refreshed, to be honest with you. I haven't really had a vacation vacation, so it was a little bit of a. It was nice, you know. My mom got to go back home. She hasn't been home in a, in a bunch of years, so she got to go back home to England and see family and stuff. So that was great. Um, and then of course Simon was over there, so we ended up going to Mazzano for two days. So it it was good. It was good. I I got home late last night. And uh, came straight into a heat wave, and here in California, it's so hot out here, GDev. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, I know. While you were gone, Pro Motocross, which ended up their championship, they ended up cutting the races to 25 minutes plus two. Normally, it's 30 minutes plus two because it was forecasted to be 107 degrees. There's a lot of chatter about that too on social media while you were gone, oh, including really? some racers. Some, oh yeah, dude, some racers from the 80s were taking screen grabs. You know, of like uh, like their video that forty-five they have from minute a race motos in the eighties, and it says one hundred and five degrees, and it's still yeah. thirty plus two. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so it was it, the dude, old. they so, soft.
1: It's soft. It is. But I agree. It yeah. I mean, did did shaving two extra two laps extra? Did that did that change people's careers or save anybody's lives or, like, it's just so lame. Like they're athletes. That's what they got to do. They got to figure out a way to endure that heat. It's two thirty-minute motos. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I I, I haven't yeah, seen any I mean, of it, but I don't understand. It. Their motos are already short. Than they were way back in the day, anyways. So, yeah, anyways, that's a whole nother topic. I know we got a lot to talk about on this one, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't, whatever you just did there,
0: you got real close to that microphone. Can you bring it closer to you? That was so deep and richly toned. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, no, I
1: got stuff falling over. You've already seen my morning this morning, how it's going. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you high sided your
1: breakfast right in your lap. That was right in my lap. Greg and I were getting ready to do this just now. And, uh, yeah, just high sided my breakfast right into my lap. It's pretty good. All
0: right. So obviously we're going to talk about uh, MotoGP Mizano. We're going to talk about some news, preview some stuff, but let's let's get right to the topic of uh, of MotoGP, Jay, because obviously you had some great golfing. You were in Scotland. Yeah. You got to see some good people, but let's talk about MotoGP. You were there. It's the first MotoGP that you were, that either one of us has attended at since we started this podcast. So how was Mizano? How was
1: MotoGP? What are the things you saw? And then we can get right into some race results and stuff. Well, you kind of know me when it comes to crowds and all that. So for me, you know, I knew Simon wanted to go really bad. Simon's got a couple pretty, we ended up sitting in like the VIP area, like the VIP village lounge, which was great. Um, Chuck was awesome. Cause he got me a couple of tickets into the paddock, which was nice. So Chased around, Chuck saw Axlin. a few people. Yeah, Chuck Askin went chased around a few people. Saw some some people while I was there, which was good. Um, but the it, the atmosphere is it's a little bit different over there than it is at like Coda or somewhere that we get over here in America. Um, being in Italy for a MotoGP race is uh, is kind of special, I think, for the fans. The weather was perfect. Everybody thought it was going to rain, and it never really materialized to that. I think that when you look at it. Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I had in MotoGP itself uh, was when you look at the two guys that that raced at the front, Bagnaya and Bastianini. it's been really cool seeing Bagnaya be kind of put on his back foot and have to go out and win and be expected to win. And he's got four in a row now. Um, there was a moment in time there on that last lap, and you and I haven't spoken at all about any of this. So I know that we're probably going to agree on some of this, but I did think that there was a shot that Bastianini was going to take out Bagnai a couple times or at least rough him up. It didn't look like Bastianini was willing to settle for second. It looked like he was trying all the way through.
0: What's so interesting is there's an article on CycleNews.com that was written about uh, talking about Brembo engineers, talking to the Brembo engineers and how braking is at its maximum. Like in yeah. terms of, I mean, when they're slamming brakes on now, Jay, they're getting straight straight up and down two two Gs. You know, and so a lot of it has to do with these with the downforce and also, you know, the devices that slam the thing on the ground and they mess around with the center of gravity and less pivoting and all this kind of stuff. And so it really makes it hard when you have an equally matched machine to get on the brakes. It's noted lately that riders talk about everybody's locking up the front wheel going into the corner and they can do it because of the stability of the bike and the low center of gravity and and how much less it's pitching back and forth, you know, like like in the old days and stuff. So, plus, Pagnaya did a great job, I thought, of protecting the inside line, especially where where the beast thought he was going to go through and nearly cleaned him out. Yeah, turn turn four. Um, Turn four, gnarly corner, uh, which I thought, holy crap, like all of Ducati just, they literally went from, we chose the right guy, because obviously, if you haven't heard, there was, who's going to get the factory seat next to Pecco next year? And it was between Jorge Martín, and the beast, and they ended up coming out saying, Nope, this is our boy. Uh, he's gonna get it. And so, you know, when you look at Bastianini and you go, Man, that was a great decision. Look at him charged to the front. He's right there with Peko.
1: If he'd cleaned him out, <laughs> yeah, the ink, ink <laughs> wasn't even dry on like, that contract yet. It would have been interesting to see if they ripped <laughs> that baby up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a thing. Oh my God. For sure. I think, I think when you look at it too, um, you know, if you just do a quick little rundown, like Bastianini, Vinales, third, Marini Quattraro uh, Rins Binder, Martin Marquez Alex finished tenth. I think that when you look at it, what it, Greg, where we were sitting, we were in this little VIP lounge that was on the inside of turn one, right? So the inside of turn one going to turn two, that's where we were. That's where we were sitting, and the speed like that was the thing that shocked me and when we get into moto two and moto three in a minute that's the thing that shocked me the most the speed that they're carrying through the corners like you can see it like it visibly looks like like wow you know and you think about how many bikes i watch go through corners how many bikes i watch go through turns when i could sit there visibly and see that difference it was like it was a big deal Mm. you're talking about the difference it in rider moto
0: gp or just from just from three to all the bikes, MotoGP? all all
1: those bikes. It's like yeah, it's the way because yeah,
0: you know as a rider, Jay. If you look at a corner on a racetrack, and you've ridden Mizano, right? You've yep. ridden there, yep. So you know, kind of like in your brain, what a bike should look like going through a corner. Yes, when you're standing. That's there. my point. And, yeah. you're li- and you're literally going like, yeah, that's way, that's incredible. Incredible. Well, you know, the thing is, is, know, that, the...
1: is that I kind of saw something, you know how that the talk has kind of been since the wings come in, how hard it has become to pass. I know, you know, turn one and turn two, they're the right left. Now it seems like everybody can go through those corners, the same speed where you used to see passes happening. Like if you watch world Superbike, you'll see passes between turns one and two, like one guy's bike will get through the right hand or a little bit better than the others. He could carry a little bit more speed, stuff it up the inside of the other guy. I didn't see one pass pretty much all weekend uh, in that in that little area where I've seen passes, you know, aplenty before. And so that was one of the biggest things I kind of took away because I really wanted to kind of pay attention to, like even when Quattararo was running fifth and he was kind of closing in on that group, it was pretty hot. So I started thinking about that front tire thing that we hear these guys talking about all the time about how the tire pressure or the heat in the tire gets to be so extreme when they're following. So for a little while there, I thought Quattararo was just kind of keeping his distance. Um, in the end, it, you know, basically he was doing everything he could to hang on basically in fifth because they pulled away from him. Um, so for, there was probably a mid part of that race. I was thinking is Quataro just kind of holding his cards close to his chest right now. And then is going to kind of attack late. Um, but that wasn't the case, but the big talk over there amongst people in the paddock is Vinales. Everybody's like everybody that I kind of spoke to over there we're all like Vinales is the guy that's going to do they really think he's going to win this year. They think he's going to win races this year and as as his confidence gets bigger. So in the race, he looked amazing.
0: He looked great. There's a couple of things, though, that I noticed. Number one, Vinales, who ended up third. He was challenging for the lead a couple of times. He just didn't have the bike to make the pass. It was very difficult. Mizano is now a place where it's like if you lead it, you, you it's really hard and to pass. you don't make mistakes. It's yeah. really hard to pass now. So Vinales, he kept rushing corners though. When there was a little bit of a gap, he right. kept rushing corners, then he could make it up. And I think most of that has to do with the the April needs just a little compared to the Ducati, needs a
1: little bit more acceleration. I think it would make his life a little bit easier. And it's I think you're I right think- because he, he does have the ability to let go of the lever and roll, like you saw. So that's what made, you know, when you look at it, Bagnaya's ride was so impressive because when you ride for 28 laps or whatever it was on the limit, wherever he took the lead and you have plus zero on your board and guys are kind of cutting and swapping behind you. And it's like, well, he knew that he had Vinales behind him and he knew he had, he knew he had Bastianini behind him. Then he had Vinales behind him. It's, it's one of those things where for him to just keep hitting his marks, I think that there's a lot of young writers out there that can learn from that by watching what he did. He didn't really alter things too much. Um, I, I do think it would have been interesting had Bastianini not made that mistake in turn four where that race could have maybe gone. The fact that he turned the fastest lap of the race on that last lap with two kind of significant, they're not really mistakes, but he outbroke himself into four and he outbroke himself a little bit in the last corner, even where he was still, still thinking about trying to run up the inside. But as a whole, you could almost feel, you could almost feel the tension in the air of when it went to the last lap, like what is going to happen right now? Like everybody was waiting for something. And at the beginning of that race, Greg, you more or less had a train of eight guys at the front, which is something we haven't seen in you know, in, in past years. Right now, everything's really, really close. I think that to your point with Vinales, um, it almost looked like front tire wear wasn't maybe the best for him with the last quarter of the race. Cause I did notice him running wide and they showed that onboard camera view of him. Um, but like look at Luca Marini fourth. I mean, there's just Another tremendous ride by him, 5.2 seconds off. He beat Quattararo, who in the race, Greg, I think just suffered more or less because of his starting position.
0: Yep. Motor GP is just so interesting right now because it's the nuances that are making the difference. I don't think that anybody would deny that Bastianini was faster than, than Pecco at the end of the race. Even Pecco <laughs> said he was struggling a little bit. Yep. The fact that those guys kept breaking the track record over and over and over again or sorry, fastest lap record of the race over and over. And so deep into the race shows you also just how good the engineers are working and how good the, the tires are working. Because the one thing that no one talked about at Misano was just the characteristics of the racetrack meant that that tire that they chose the rear tire didn't have a performance drop off. And right. so it was almost like if your performance isn't dropping off and the fuel load's lightening up, it makes so much difference on a GP bike because those things are so fine tuned. I, I just thought, It was a great ride from Pecco. I thought that I was a little surprised about what happened. I agree with you with Quadraro. I thought that he was just trying to keep some distance and keep the front tire, you know, temperature down. Then he was going to make a charge, try to podium the thing. So what's going to be interesting is they had a test, Jay, and the Yamahas testing a new motor. And according to Top Speed, they're right there. Yep. The question is, when's that motor going to be about uh, be available? You know. Well, they could definitely use it. They
1: they could. (laughs) I know I don't think it's eligible for this year but I, they boy they it's can not, use it on, yeah. they can definitely use it at the next few because I know they go to Aragon next. That'll well, can be a top one. You imagine though
0: Jay, you can imagine you get to test and you go, "Wow, that's it. This is the magic bolt. The bike still handles really well, which I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the bike handles well and we have the acceleration and top speed we need to fight." And you go, "Sorry. You know, we can't we can't give you this thing till next season because I mean they could. They could do it in a way, right? Like they could swap it over then he'd have to start from the back of the grid, I think you know he'd get a penalty for it i don't know and all the motor, i don't know
1: all the nuances of those rules so yeah i i, I think don't know that, either
0: like if it's i know that, that if you went to a sixth motor there's penalty but i don't know if you could do go to a sixth motor and, and have a totally be different motor it has yeah. to be probably the same motor that was homologated
1: so i just I think know. it's given up way too much track position at any race to have him start at the back it's i got a question yeah. for you though hey i do have one mm-hmm. question for you um Regarding like qualifying in practice, did you see the Bagnaya incident with, with Marquez? I did. Like, I, tell me if I'm wrong because I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but that was the checkered flag lap. They've got the checkered flag when that happened.
0: D- well, Peco thought he had gotten the checkered flag, but those guys didn't. Ah. So that's where, where the mistake took place for Peco. It's okay. That's and what I was And saying. that's why he see, apologized.
1: Yeah. I didn't hear any commentary yeah. or anything. Cause I was just watching it. And then, cause that happened on Friday and I was getting ready to fly there and I'd heard about it, but I'm like, Oh, they got the checkered flag. And then that incident happened because he pulled from that spot. He pulled around and did his practice start next to Marquez. So that was, that was interesting. Okay. So that's what it was. So the, he was—he probably came across the line with one second left or something, and saw the checkered flag coming out, but didn't get it. Yeah, I, Got all it. I
0: all I saw was the incident happened, and then I wasn't listening to the commentary; I was doing something else. Then I went back and read the comments, and you could see Pecco like he sat up immediately and was like, "My bad," you know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah. again, you get—you know—it's so you penalize them and nothing happens. Like I just—I don't really get what the point of these penalties are, and and I'm not trying to be facetious about it. I'm literally going. So a long lap penalty is designed to do what penalize the rider, but yet someone goes back to 27th in moto three and still wins the race. So did it work? No. What I don't understand is how they
1: differentiate a three grid penalty to a long lap penalty. That's why I don't understand. Like what made them go, okay, we're going to dock him three spots on the grid or, Oh, that's going to be a ride through. I, 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 yeah, I, we could get into this talk forever. The inconsistencies there. Well, see, the thing is, like, if great. if
0: you have a kid, which you and I don't have, you have a kid, and the kid, you know, does something that you don't want him to do, you punish him. Why? Because you're trying to transform their behavior. Yeah. All these penalties mm-hmm. in Moto Three are trying to get people to stop doing, you know, uh, cruising around, blah 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 blah. In Pecco's case, he made a mistake. Most people thought it was an honest mistake. Alex Marquez was pissed. I understand it, but
1: okay. Piss you know, in the moment, was- but if you hear, but I promise you that, like you're always going to be kind of emotional or pissed off in the moment when something like that happens. Right. It's like, if somebody pulls out in front of you in a car, you get kind of like, like shit, why'd they do that? But if they wave at you and kind of apologize, you realize mistakes happen. They just, they, they do happen. And in this case,
0: so we're, yeah. So that's my point, Jay, mistakes happen. And now we're, we're in a place where race control has pinned themselves into a corner where now mistakes can't happen. If anybody makes a mistake, they have to penalize people. And I think it's just over the top. It's like, what you know it's it's the thing we've talked about before why not just let peco go down to alex and apologize saying man my bad i thought it was a checkered yeah. flag i totally effed up yep. like i'm sorry about it and alex goes dude don't worry about it and yep. it's over instead race to get
1: involved yeah it's stupid
0: get involved three grid pe- um, and, you know and you're like yeah for, and for what it's just so, what? Dumb. The, the, so at, dumb on the launch peco was right in third so it, it, it was like it didn't, it just didn't matter. But anyway, it didn't matter. So it was um, what it was. The race, the race yeah. was good. You know, I, I liked it. The championship has tightened up a little bit. I think that, you know, it's not as close as we, as people would like it to be. Well, 30 you know, points, I mean, to be
1: honest with you, going to the tracks that they're going to though. I mean, you said it yourself. I, the Quattoraro. I think will struggle at Aragon. I think it's imperative. He puts it on the front row there. The only thing that could save him there a little bit is the fact that the run to the first turn is so short, but he has got to put himself on the front row uh, there at at Aragon, um, and then they have the flyaways, G Dub. I mean, they go to they go to places like Motegi, they go to uh, um, which I think is going to be another difficult track for the Yamaha. I think obviously uh, Australia is going to be another difficult one. There's there there is the potential there right now. And there's enough Ducatis that can get between Bagnaya and Quaterara, where that 30 points can evaporate that's, really, really. That's quickly. the biggest
0: difference. Yep. Quaterara has zero help. He has nobody. zero help, and Bagnaya yeah. has a, literally a ton of help. And so, yeah, so so this is where all the hype about qualifying all the years. I've never seen qualifying in any in MotoGP, World Superbike, Moto America. I've never seen it be so important. Yep. as it is for Quattro It's not important for Ducati. Really? Peco's yep. shown that. But it's yep. so important that they time everything correctly in the qualifying sessions. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, obviously, oh, somebody mentioned, oh, Peco runs the table, wins every race, and Quart finishes second. Then, you know, Peco wins the championship. Well, first of all, it was like a history-making thing that he won four in a row. Now you're saying yep. what? Go win twelve in a row or whatever it would be. I don't even know how many races there are. I left. think there's only five Seven, rounds maybe. to go. You know,
1: there's only five. There's only five. Yeah, I think really? they go to Aragon and then they have like they have big flyaways. That's where they head to. Um, God, I did have it up earlier too, but you could pull up the the schedule, G Dub. It'll tell. You, I'm pulling but, up the schedule right yeah, now because
0: I mean it would it, it just you know because they, they go so deep into November. They you go know, Japan but you're, you're, then you're, Thailand. Thailand's another six. It's yeah. 6, yeah. It, it's 6 rounds left. Um so I thought it was 7. So they go they go Aragon and then yeah, they dude, Aragon, they go from Japan. September 18th yeah. to September 25th. So it's one week and they're in Japan, then Thailand, then Australia, then Malaysia, and then they finish off the season November 6th in uh in uh, Valencia. Valencia as normal. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
1: I Sam was telling me that <clears throat> Sam Lowe's was telling me that between when he takes off for Aragon he's home for like three days total.
0: Yeah. Cause he until, goes to the flyaways. Yeah, like the he of, goes,
1: yeah. To the end of November after Valencia. Or yeah. Crazy. It's pretty gnarly schedule, but I mean, yeah. And then, you know, so when you, when you think about the schedule, these guys have the tracks that they're going to, Aragon and Thailand are going to be two difficult tracks for that Yamaha. That's going to, it's going to be, uh, I, you know, I think it's going to be difficult. Then you got Motegi in Australia. Again, I think that's going to be difficult. Um, the Ducati is... Yeah, but you're, just, you're right,
0: Jay. The diff the difference in this championship will be, it's not going to be so much Pecco versus Quaderaro. It's literally Ducati versus Cuadarraro. That's exactly right.
1: Yep, and that's the thing. So getting back to my point about Vinales, there's a lot of people that said to me too, was a few people actually. I, I say a lot. I didn't talk to tons. I talked to a few. They all kind of agreed that they think that Vinales was going to kind of take over the making that Aprilia continue to get better and better and better. And they thought that Alaysia's stuff might start to fall off, which here he ends up sixth. Still not out of reach in the championship. I think he's third, isn't he, Greg? So um, Third, yeah. I thought when you look at what Renz's weekend was looking like for him to salvage a seventh was great, especially for, for me and uncle Skip's uh, fantasy. I had, I, oh, yeah, it was good. Uh Bender. <laughs> Uh, And then Jorge Martin kind of went backwards there at the end. I know he got a long lap penalty. I think, um, Martin did. So that probably helped, uh, his cause as far as going further backwards. Um, and I guess the last thing you got to talk about is Dovey's retirement. Um, guy's pretty revered over there. It was cool to see so many people pump for him, you know, finishing his last race there. I think he was back on a bike yesterday, testing an Alpine star helmet. um, but yeah, he's he's done, and Crutchlow's in, I guess now, right? For the last five rounds. That's or six correct. Rounds. Yep. So Crutchlow he was, wasn't at the yeah. test. Yeah. Crutchlow
0: wasn't testing just because he had gotten off a plane from Japan, I think. Yeah, he, he was, was over testing, over testing over there. He was testing
1: stuff. at Motegi, I think. Which they need their that that team that bike is going to need help the like, towards the end here. It'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see if they have a chat with. You know, all the Ducati writers about Bagnaya now. Like, I think at this stage, how far back is Bastianini in the points? Is he still in it, kind of? Is he like fourth? I'm looking it up. Yeah, he's fourth, 138 yeah. to 211. Like, uh, with this many rounds to go, you can't honestly say that he's out of it.
0: But, um, so yeah. six rounds to go. Yeah, six which rounds. Means to there's go. 150 points available.
1: Yeah. Nope. So he's not he's not completely like completely completely out of it. Plus, how do you, you know, I don't know.
0: It's tough. I mean, I I it was really funny because I'm watching that race and I'm watching Bastianini reel in Bagnaya, and I'm like, well, he can win this race hands down. Like, yeah. No, I don't think there's any question. If he could find a way around, he would have won the race. And I'm like, but does does Bagnia's team manager literally turn to Paolo Chabadi or whoever's in charge over there and say, all right? we'll uh, put it on his board. We'll hang back, but you got to pay me my win bonus. And it was really funny because on GP1.com, which is an Italian deal, yeah. they said the same thing I did, but they said that Panat or whatever his team manager, or his, his uh, manager is, uh, was like, yeah, let's give me half the bonus or something. And I'm well, like, a- after he almost cleaned him out. I was say their argument there gonna...
1: would have been way better. The argument there would have been much better had Bastianini just kind of sat there and followed him home. But he was taking some pretty, you know, I think he wanted to take some big shots and I think that there was probably some people not happy about that within the Ducati thing. I would I would just expect that it's going to be a divided thing there. I mean, had he had he, and you know, like we're just playing Monday quarterback here. Had he done something to Bagnaia or cleaned him out or 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 ran them both off the track and taken it, anything. There's nothing Bastianini could have done there that would have been positive other than to pass Bagnaia as clean as he possibly could and win. That's the only thing that would have been you know, acceptable. Or Bagnaya making a mistake and Bastianini winning. Because when you watch that race, I know for me, I was thinking, I was holding my breath. I was thinking, he's going to do it. He's going to try somewhere. Like, you <laughs> knew he was going to have a go. So you're kind of saying, it's great for us. It's great for us. Um, but anyways, uh,
0: Moto2. let to let's, yeah. Moto2. Boring yeah. race. Yeah. Oh, um, <sighs> <laughs> Wasn't, wasn't, the, I mean, as a race, as a race goes, I mean, we're not taking anything away from the effort and everything no, else. No, 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 In no, terms no. of a race Absolutely itself, not. it was, it was a little boring. However, uh, it was unbelievable by Alonzo Lopez, who really unbelievable. So great to see him win his first race. First race, Bosque Cora snapped the winning streak of CalEx, which was in the forties, 42, 43. Yep. Aaron Canette, Augusto Fernandez, your new championship points leader over Reynas, Iogora, who was the championship points leader in fifth. Uh, Acosta, Arbolino, Chantra, Joe Roberts in ninth, getting some good points there. Alcoba, yep. Schroder, Ben Schneider, Baltus, Cameron Bobier, who struggled all weekend. And then uh, Zaccone was your last finisher. Uh, notables that weren't classified. SDK ended up having a problem. I think he said mechanical, ran off the track and tipped it over. Vietti, Passini, um, Corsi, Della Porta, Salich, just to, just to name Jorge Navarro, to name a few who uh, who weren't classified in there. Jake Dixon wasn't even classified in the lap. Him and uh, Manuel Gonzalez out. Yeah, when you look at I it. Mean, you know, yeah. listen, Canette, Canette put in a good run at the end. It, it, you know, it was 1.2 seconds to margin of victory. The race really didn't end up like that. The only thing that you could build up in my mind was can Lopez hold on as Kinette was was charging at the end. Yep. But 1.2 ultimately wasn't a spectacular race, but a good result for ego speed up and Lopez.
1: Yeah, it's good to see another chassis win, right? I mean, that's I guess that's the that's the best part um for that. Um Kinnett was impressive. Kinette's kind of where I thought he would be, and he had that little rough patch in the middle of the season. But um, Augusto Fernandez came forward again. He's always got great, you know, uh, late race pace um your boy ayagura never really seemed he just was a little bit off all weekend right um he never really seemed like he was there Acosta, when you look at the race it's funny because it was so spread out you know i was watching a tv and i was watching him go through turn one two three out in front of me and it was like these small little packs and they just kept on getting more and more separated apart from each other uh joe was in a pack of about four guys at the beginning and i think with some of the accidents it just was um with some of the accidents and things that were happening it was creating those big gaps you know what i mean gw so when you look at cam there's struggle i i I talked after the moto two race i went over to the paddock before moto gp and you know one of the biggest things i i ended up going to the mark vds um hospitality and and grabbed some lunch there and sam was in there talking to me about it And he's like the hardest part is he says is the chassis are so absolutely stiff that the front tires that they're on over there are so hard that when you're pushing, because when you looked at a couple of the accidents, Greg, like they, they seem pretty pedestrian. Like if you look at Vietti's crash and you look at, um, both those guys, there's a point as a rider where you kind of go like, I don't know how to explain it, but you kind of feel like, okay, that front could go right now. Those neither one of those guys thought that front was going to go when it went like, it just went. And they were both in a little hot. They were both in a little bit wide, but you, uh, you know, you have feel as a rider of what you feel is over the limit or not. And when those guys crashed, they barely both had their knees even getting close to the ground, and that thing was gone. Like you could tell. And you know, talking with with Sam and things, it's like it's almost like they can't go softer tires because they wear out too quick because the chassis are so stiff that it wears out tires so you're you're basically rolling around on something too stiff and too too hard and we've talked to Cameron about like the front end feel and some of that for Cameron to finish where he finished after qualifying where he did you can look at it on paper and go well that's great but if you look at the amount of accidents that's not what Cam you know Cam would rather earn those positions i mean Greg how many do we have not classified i'm just looking right now two four, six, eight. There's probably 10, 12 guys that aren't even classified on here. Right. Um, along with the three that didn't even finish the first lap. So you have 15 guys drop out. So for cam to get points is great. I didn't realize till later that SDK, he crashed late in the race, huh?
0: Yeah. I think he only didn't, he was like the last guy out. I think he had seven laps to go. Yeah. But it goes back
1: to what we talked about a few weeks ago. There's, there's just – it doesn't make sense to me. Um, SDK is not a guy that should be running around in dead last, and he's running around in dead last. And I feel so bad for the guy because I know he's better than that. So I don't know exactly what's going on. Don't have a clue. But it's – it's something's not quite connecting there, you know? Yeah. I
0: mean, there's no doubt about it. So and, and anyway, Cam's, it's a shame. I wish a, our Cam, boys were doing yeah. better. Joe did I'm just, great. I'm not sure yep joe did awesome joe did but there's a question there's a question surrounding what joe's going to be able to do next year Mm -hmm. and there's a couple riders like remy garner looking for rides too so the competitive space in moto 2 is just increased because a few riders are getting bounced back from moto gp like bender like it would would be
1: like darren bender and remy right are two guys that have to be looking for rides elsewhere
0: because augusto fernandez has been i think i read that he's he's put ink to paper for the deal next year for the ktm so thing it's
1: bizarre yeah, yeah going
0: to gas gas right i think or or going i can't remember where he's going did you he's see the stuff going gas, did gas you see the stuff or KTM. It,
1: did you see the stuff where i think he's i think he's gas gas i think he's next to paul yeah i think right um did you see the stuff where um like wayne gardner came out and blamed but i don't know if he blamed yep. him but said something about remy's manager and then Remy's now and apologizing. Remy had, to, had to walk it back. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Yep. Yeah. Just stop. Like, stop, Dad. Parents, just bro. Please stop. Parents. Oh. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. I know. Like, I know. just stop. Like, it's so crazy that people can't look and see the narrative there of how that whole thing works. In the sense that there's been enough examples in the past where don't be that parent. Like, like just leave your kid alone. Like let him do his thing. There's no reason for Wayne Gardner to get on there and air dirty laundry. If, if it's something that Wayne Gardner not, actually knows about, keep it to yourself. Let your kid take care of it. Like, yeah. Oh, so bad. dude. I,
0: no, I listen. I agree with you. And the other thing is there's never an advantage to doing that. There's oh, only a detriment.
1: It's I, I'm so, telling you right now. It's like, what are you, what are you, what are you
0: trying to do? Convince people that you're right and wrong. Like it still doesn't impact the fact that your kid doesn't have a job and it doesn't matter if it's his manager or not his
1: manager. Yeah, it's but, just, it's like, dude, eyes eyes forward, man. Eyes yeah, but forward. maybe maybe you're maybe just with what was said there. Maybe there is, like, you got the little league dad in the in the pits or talking about Remy's team on on Twitter. Maybe that's why KTM doesn't want the kid around. I don't know. Remy seems like a nice yeah. guy. I don't know him.
0: You and I have been around racing long enough to know we have seen parents do more damage to kids' oh, career than we have seen just- parents.
1: It blows me away. Like dealing with
0: teams. Obviously, a parent who's raising a kid, racing them through, you know what I mean? And all that stuff. But the ones that are really good are the ones when their kids get to the point, they know to
1: step back. Yep. Then that's 100% right. You're you're 100% right. Yeah. Because we see it it in our series. yeah. Like, listen, like oh, yeah. I realize that mom and dad want their kid to do as good as they can. I realize that mom and dad are spending as much money as they can. The best thing mom and dad could do is get their kid there, watch how things unfold, stop feeling like the series is against you, the team is against you, and everybody else is against you. Like, like, and if there in fact is some of that going on, handle it behind closed doors. Like, like, don't don't air it. Like, don't Oh, it just wears me out. It's 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 sad. Moto 3G Dub was a barn burner. I mean, again, when you look at this class, it's so it's just so fun to watch. And um, was bummed to see. I think Sasaki got taken out early. Um, well, he got, looking, yeah, he he, I,
0: he got clobbered. I'm looking Sasaki at these got- results.
1: It's weird. They've got well the way they've done this. Is, they've made a mistake here. But anyways, Fagia ended up winning over Masia and Ivan Guevara, who ends up uh, third. I mean the last few laps that race, I was waiting for Anshu to do something and and make that top four spots become really interesting. But I thought he wrote So Garcia got disqualified? Uh it looks like oh yeah, he got disqualified because he crashed. He had he had issues from the beginning like that's right, right that's right, right. he was involved that. in that battle so
0: the so so yeah. if you look at the results they put disqualified rider first which is garcia then you have first yeah. position which is faggia mass yeah Mas- that's Mas- right because garcia crashed Anchu. whatever they've sent him back out which i thought was really weird
1: i was okay, like okay thank you can you explain this thing they did the same thing with Vietti. they send him out like two three laps down why what is the reasoning for why him? well yeah. other than other than dorna when there's a race actually going on, they're more intent on showing Viette coming in and out of the pits and sitting there on him for 30 seconds at a time when the guy's two laps down has nothing to do with the race. So maybe these teams like, well, if we go back out, they're going to show you a bunch and put our, put us on TV for sponsorship reasons. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me that these team managers. That sounds like something that
0: would happen in the U S more than it would in Europe actually though. Yeah, I
1: agree. I agree, but I don't know what the reasoning is. Like, we had this discussion when they sent Quattararo out of Asin. You got a guy leading the championship. He's out of the race. He's two laps yeah, down and you're this, sending him back out. Point? And then he crashes because the, there was something legitimately wrong with the bike. I, mm-hmm. I don't, there's so much to it that I don't get. Like, but you're 100% right. And then Garcia
0: right. was racing in a battle he yeah. wasn't involved with. And I think that's why he got disqualified. Yeah. A, and how do you now just now look back and
1: let the guy behind him or two guys behind him go through and then just followed that group? Cause they had a big gap. When I was watching that race, I'm like, they're not going to be thinking this is cool with this guy two laps down and he's involved in a battle for position. Like I, but, but she what is it that I'm not getting that these people aren't like the kids, especially like, come on, man, you're two laps know. down and you're it's right not like, it's space. not like
0: Sergio Garcia needs the extra lap time or needs the extra track time at this track. They're done. They're I done. I
1: don't, I just don't get it. it's a moto three down. bike. I mean, just and stop. It,
0: yeah, anyway. So Fag- so that's that <clears throat> aside, yeah. That's why it looked kind of weird, right? So Faggia wins Masia Guevara and Dennis Anju. They were 0.4 seconds apart. Dennis Anju, who is hurting, he's got a shoulder crash. Oh he does. Uh, yeah, it so he had a training incident ah. and he would never tell anybody what happened. And they were talking to him, and he could barely lift his right arm when he was done with that race. Like I'm telling you, what he was able to do according to the commentators you know they were they were making him out to be a greek god right yeah but he he could barely lift his shoulder and all that kind of stuff the, and that's why he dropped back and it was like he finally kind of figured out how to ride the thing with the bum shoulder and he threw all kinds of attacks and i was actually pulling for for anju because because of that injury but yeah. they ended up he just i don't think he could really hold on at the end He he made an aggressive pass where, but it was a left hand corner and and his right shoulder is the one that bothered him. There's a lot of right handers there, you know. So yeah. it was any one of those things. Uh Danny Helgato ends up fifth and Suzuki, he, rode well. he rode well. He was he there rode to really the well. End. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. So there were just a couple of things that created a couple of gaps. Helgato and Suzuki were battling each other out, but it was a great race. I thought it was well I mean, obviously the Honda's fast, bro. I mean, yeah. that always helps. Yeah. Where you know, with those little bikes, that horsepower makes a different at Mizano, but generally i think you know that's why i thought yamaha was going to go better uh, in moto gp that them um, quadrar was going to go better because Mizano isn't necessarily a horsepower track it's more of an acceleration track yeah but it's not a horsepower track but in nope. this particular case with the speed of these little 100 horsepower you know moto three bikes um that leop leopard ho- uh, honda was re- really ripping it was fast and it was a, was a big
1: good- win for him for Faggia, especially with some of the other stuff that um, went down in the sense of of uh, you know some of the other riders and things. So I think that what's he? I think he's thirty five points back.
0: Um, so Guevara, Guevara, who took over the points lead, he's yep. at two o four. Garcia's at one ninety three, and okay. Faji is at one sixty nine. Got it. And and with with those six rounds left, dude, that's the thing about Moto three. It's exciting. Is like anything could happen. I mean, even Dennis Anju at one hundred and forty points, so he's sixty four back he could end up in the top three in the championship the There's, way that this class oh, can yeah. go.
1: Yeah. 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 Because again, you've, you've got a, I mean, the racing at the front super tight. You've got enough people that can get between you. It was just weird seeing Garcia have the race that he had. I mean, he was lucky not to get penalized off the start. Cause I saw him run, you know, when he got pushed off the track, he could have gotten the line, but the way he got into the line was super irresponsible. Uh, and yeah. then he ends up, you know, tipping off and, and falling. And it was like one thing after the other with, with him. And you know, intelligence is going to be a thing that went, that helps you win championships. And Guevara right now didn't really seem like he was, even though he finished third, He, I think, you know, he's like, he felt like he had to get on the podium, but you can't count Faggia out at all because he was kind of the odds on favorite to win this championship this year. And he's just got to keep putting the laps in and, and cause there's enough guys that can get between him and Garcia and, and Guevara where, you know, he can still do something. So it's going to be interesting to see deeper. how that goes out. Yeah. I watch Moto 3. It's awesome.
0: So, uh, tip, of the, cap, tip yeah. of the cap to Dominica Gerter, who ends up winning yeah. the Moto E World Championship, yeah. which we think he should have won last year. Yep. But that's a whole other situation. Should have been but back to back. Us, but yeah. Should have been back to back. But 227 uh, two hundred twenty seven points in the Moto E Championship on the last year of the, the Energicia or Energisa? Energica? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever that brand is, how you pronounce it, they're done. Next year, Ducati's bringing their weapon, dude. And we've seen some press releases on it, and that thing looks wicked. But congratulations to the world super sport, reigning world super sport champ, Dominic Agurter. More about him in the news segment, obviously.
1: Um, Anything else on MotoGP? No. I think that now we got to talk fantasy. I stink. And I made some big moves (laughs) this week. I, I... you're not going to believe what I did. I got rid of Ducati. I finally had to get rid of Aprilia. I figured out a way to get rid of Aprilia. I got Ducati, but I had to get rid of... Who did I get rid of, G-Dub? I got rid of Jorge Martín, and he's back, G-Dub. I put Alex Renz back on the team. I had to put him back on. <laughs> did you now? I had to. I had to. Okay. The only way yeah, I could just get- from, from the a only cost way- perspective? It's the only way I could get Ducati back on my deal. Mm. <clears throat> so I brought him back on, and it worked out well, because he ended up beating Jorge Martín. But yeah. the one guy we didn't talk about in MotoGP, and I was glad you didn't t- talk about him because I'm going to talk about him, is our boy Jack Miller because I had him, and you saw what happened to him. Unfortunately, no, I know
0: such I a bummer,
1: know. dude. I wanted him to do well there. Uh,
0: well, yeah. did you see Bastianini to lose the front early in the I race? I did. I did. Early. That was a, yep, that was just that harder it. front tire that everybody was using. Jack just didn't 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 let it beat in because obviously at the beginning of the race people were kind of tiptoeing through. They tour the and a couple. A couple guys got aggressive. I would it look kind of look like maybe five laps in the front tire started to work. And then that's why part of the reason I think you saw the fastest lap keep dropping, dropping, dropping as the race went on too, because people were getting more confidence
1: in the front. It was almost like racing but, in rain. I think all you know, the but, accidents at the beginning of MotoGP were at the beginning because we saw Bedzeki crash. And then I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All happened at yeah, the beginning. Like you said. Yeah. So, but I did have a on my team and I had Rins on my team, but then I also had Dejean on my team and he crashed with morbidelli. So, yeah, if you, like, I'm going to tell everybody that's doing this fantasy. If you're thinking about changing your team, call me, text me, do something. I'll <laughs> tell you who I have yeah. on mine, and then whatever you do, do not put them on yours. Simon, Simon well, I felt had, that this I had. Yeah, he, he took Miller. Did he really? Oh, yeah. And At he's a, so pumped on the fan. He's all into the fantasy thing. He loves it.
0: Well, I had Miller, Bagnaya as my gold. Yep. Ducati, which I've had all year. So Miller thing was a bit of a blow. I have Vinales and and Elish as my silver riders. Okay. And I almost—it's funny too, because I have enough money where I could I could dump Elish and picked up Bastianini. Yep. And I was looking at it, and I did it, and I didn't save it. You know, I kind of oh, backed uh, off. Oh, yeah, I, I did that a couple of
1: weeks ago. Yep, yep, yep.
0: And but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm flush with cash. I'm at 19.5 million is my team's value, so I, I can you. pretty much do anything if I want to do it. Yeah, it's great. Which is really, nice. Really happy for that. Because you. I, I have Pecco. He's at five mil. The only person I couldn't get is Quart. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like if I, unless I dumped, unless I dumped Pecco, that's the only way that I could get Quart. And at this point, with the tracks you're saying coming up and stuff, it's kind of not worth it for nope. me to do that. Nope. You got to get rid of Quattrar. So yeah, but listen to me. You don't want to listen to me.
1: I what was funny about the whole no, thing is I'm I started thinking
0: about actually now I'm thinking about dumping Miller and going with Bastianini. So I'd have Bastianini, Bagnaya. You know, I hate you. and and I hate you. I I, I, I can do whatever I want to do. You know what I mean? Like I you know, I mean? you know, know even I mean? though I dropped, I dropped from 31st. You won't believe where I am in the Greg's Garage Pod with Jason. Primmel Are you 43rd? Fantasy League, 40 freaking third. Yeah, I love that. My life is over. Oh, and it's gonna get better. In in Red Sector GP, which I'm part of, uh, I'm 13th. All so right, right. and then on top of that, in the United States, what's what's double 13? What's that number? Bad luck. 13 times two is what? 26. Jason? Right, which is a number I ran, also one year because I gave up thirteen, so I doubled it. Ran twenty six. Oh, you did. And in the U.S., I'm two hundred twenty sixth ranked right now. Can't believe with your amazing career that New you were racing a baby.
1: motorcycle. I didn't know that. Um, what? Slow to Stoke leading over three WSMC champs. Uh, Luce eight thirty two is third. Fight Club, my boy Justin, he's gone back to fourth. Racer USA, actually, yeah, it's fun looking at these guys, but. I went from 276 to 277 after qualifying, and I'm back in 282nd now. So I'm styling. I'm, I'm super pumped on my program. Dude, right you now. are. Now you know what it's like to be lapped. Yeah. I, dude, I've been lapped multiple times. Multiple, multiple times. All right, let's get to some news, GW.
0: Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. So why don't I do this? I'm going to switch to this, and I'm going to say, let's go to our news presented by Arai. Oh! Did you know that Arai helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material? Yep. The interior liner gives you odor resistance, dirt resistance, and those antimicrobials that you love so much. You can stay fresher, longer, and enjoy a comfortable ride in the latest Arai helmet. Check out AraiAmericas.com. Pick out what you like. Head down to your local dealer for fitment and grab yourself a new lid. Christmas right around the corner, huh? New paint jobs are coming out. It's good. I haven't posted it up yet, but I do have that new Johnny Ray replica helmet. I've got to take a picture of it and post it up. All right. Let's get after it, JP. Let's start off with a little bit of Moto America news, kind of. Our boy, Jake Gagne, who's leading our Moto America Superbike Championship by a single point, which we'll talk about more in a minute. He got to test his World Superbike Spec Yamaha R1 because after our season's over, after Barber Motorsports Park, he and his team, are heading over to Portugal, to Portimao, to race World Superbikes. So a couple little changes. They got to test the Pirelli tires. I talked to Jake, and he said it was uh, really, really hot. Obviously, Jason, you know it's really hot in California. And they were also doing some new construction out at Buttonwillow, I guess. And so there was dust all over the racetrack. He said the test was good, but it wasn't like he set the world on fire because there were a lot of elements going against him. But overall, he loves the new transmission style, which is neutral, First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. So it's not a standard street. It, you you take out neutral in between first and second gear. He really liked it. You know, he was talking to me about how much, uh, you know, tracks in the U.S. use first gear and how this would be a big advantage. It's something that Moto America is looking at the possibility. I think from what I was told, and if Stamboli listens to this, he might he might poop all over me. But I think the upgrade is only like sixteen hundred dollars. It's just a different drum to put it in the transmission that changes neutral and first it kind of swaps them around. And then you have to have this little lever. If you saw social media, you saw Jake be able to flick that thing. Um, so that's good. He's excited about it, about going there and it's great. And speaking of J- uh, testing, Jason, let's talk a little bit about it. the MotoGP GP paddock state in Mizano for testing Tuesday. And today Mark Marquez returned was a highlight as well as Yamaha's new motor. Jay, I have the results. This is two day test, uh, um, Accumulated, right? So this is like everybody combined because total there were 28 riders that got the test. Quadraro ends up on top J31 to flat. So 31.054. That is actually an outright track record. Wow. No so kidding. So it's a new huh? track record. No, the Bagnaya one set in 2021, I believe, was a 31, not qualifying, but I'm talking like race track record, a 31.06 something. So, but anyway, peco did a 31 1. Maverick was. Third quickest at a 31 1 as well. And Aya Bastianini, Aleish, who broke his little pinky. He broke a pinky. I just by the saw way. that. I just saw heard that? that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know he fell off. And I just saw that. Jorge Martin was six. Luca Marini, Miguel Oliveira, Marco Bedzecchi, and on down the list. I'm sure you can go to motogp.com and check it out. There were a bunch of stuff here. This was the big opportunity for teams to start wheeling out what they're going to be running next year in 2023 and get an idea. I think the big news, Mark Marquez goes 31-6, Jay. So, you know, 0.5, like 0.588 off of the fastest time that Quartz set, which, by the way, was today. Uh, If I looked at the current current deal with 28 riders, um, there were actually only, I think only like 10 riders went out today. In the afternoon, oh, I mean okay, yeah. So was- I know that Suzuki packed up and went home. They only had Mir and, and someone else. We're gonna talk about that in a second. But um <clears throat> Well no, they had Rins, right? What- no Mir, but yeah, Rins. Uh, sorry, Rins, Rins, yeah, Mir's hurt. So I, I think you know, one of the biggest things for me, Jay, was the fact that he, Honda, HRC, was trying a Calx swing arm. Yeah, I mean, I cannot remember when Honda let any type of development of their motorcycle outside You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm a Honda expert or anything, but that to me was really big news that Cadillacs had this massive swing arm that they were trying uh, and then, you know, bracing and all this kind of stuff. So interesting bits. Did you get to see anything or hear anything about testing?
1: I didn't because I flew all day yesterday. I flew home. All I can think of though is, I mean, anytime people talk about what these guys get paid to be able to ride the levels that they ride on a weekend and then have to come back and ride for two days to test for like 2023 stuff man that's that's hard it's it is hard and it was hot by the time we left it was hot it was hot on sunday too and you know the thing for Quattararo, i think is impressive is if he did those lap times and the and it was as warm as it was when we were there I, I i sat there watching the race on sunday and i was thinking if it would have been 15 degrees cooler would the yamaha have been better that day for for him would he have gone further forward Um, so I think it's really encouraging for him to see that being able to being able to now, like is Morbidelli going to be able to step up? It looked like he was having a decent weekend, but again, it was just another crap weekend for him as it turned out. But I mean, they've got to be able to support, they've got to be able to support somebody besides Quattararo on the bike so they, they can get somebody else in the mix. Right. Don't you think to help the guy? Yeah, yeah. So maybe totally next year, if that. the bike is this much better, it maybe be one of those things where it, it'll you know maybe the bike could get better. Maybe it'll help him. Hey, did you see? There was a photo, and it just this is it goes to show you how some of the I don't know, if, you know what you want to call it European motorcycle media they they've gone full mainstream. There was a photo of. On one side of the garage, all the Honda technicians, and it was just piled in there. And then they showed on the other side of the garage, Paul Espargo sitting there with his head in his hands, and there's just one guy standing next to him. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. I was laughing. <laughs> no, they I were, didn't see it. It was because Marquez was in the pit box. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so crazy how they spun that. They, they made it seem like they were in there talking to Stefan Brodel, and everybody was so keen nah. to hear what Stefan Brodel was saying. And then pulls over there by himself and i'm like what a load of shit that is but you know again i think with rins and mirror coming on board on that honda they've they realized they've got two guys that have shown the capabilities of being able to run up front the development on that bike is going to be interesting there wasn't any talk of agura and that when i was over there moving up to MotoGP next year so i don't know what's going to happen there um i don't i didn't get to hear any of the television stuff so i don't know what those guys were saying but Within the paddock, it didn't sound like that could possibly happen. So that'll be interesting mm. too. Honda's got to make a big jump though.
0: They have to make a big jump. They had multiple frames that they were testing with Stefan broddle At the end of at the end of the test, Marquez ends up 0.065 of a second quicker than Polis Spargo.
1: And what about the uh, fact that they're that, using
0: Calyx swing arms? That that's really that's an interesting bit because yep. we're going to see if that was just a test to try something out. Maybe, maybe Calx had a little bit more um, a- agility to get a swing arm built before HRC could. I-, I don't know, you know, or maybe just a different philosophy, but if they end up showing up with that swing arm, that'll be the interesting bit because Honda, it, you know, I can't imagine Honda not trying to reproduce what Calx did and just do it in-house, but yeah, I don't really know. Uh, interesting test, you know, obviously in the news, the other thing is is that that was a little shocking was that world super sport champion, thirty-one year old Dominica Gerter, got a, you know, off of his Moto E championship. It, Suzuki kind of said, Hey, as a thank you, you want to come test our bike? And I think really it was more if, if Mir the next round is is injured still yep. and he can't get on the thing. And so he went out a Gerter and he went um and yeah. he did like 30 something laps. So I know that he went in and out of the pits four times. I think he so got I'm within like 2.2 2.
1: 2 seconds a quick time or something I saw him post. Yeah, he
0: got yeah. So so like Frankie uh, Carchetti who is the crew chief for Mir. I mean, he had a he had a tweet yesterday that said a lot of fun uh, in Mazzano with Dominic Agertz riding our bike 2.3 seconds off in four exits. Any world superbike manager looking for a fast rider and then he put like a phone emoji on there. Yeah. Uh, you that's know, cool. call him. And I thought that was some good gas dude for sure and uh, you know, I just I don't think he pitched it. I think he had a, you know, he looked like he had a good time. I was watching his Twitter feed, and he just big oh, smiles cool. all across the board. It's great. I would like to see him get a ride. I think he's a talented rider, and um, but this is the things that we talked about before. There's a rider that you and I know, Jason. That's like famous. He's he's a champion rider, and he and from what I heard, uh, here in America, he got offered a Twins Cup ride, and he was like, "I'm not doing that. That's beneath me." And you know, it's just. If you're a racer and you want to race, I just think that you need to get to the paddock no matter what and mm-hmm. keep racing. It's the whole Cody Wyman story. You know, Cody Wyman's got offered an opportunity to race Twins Cup this year because he was in our paddock racing. And it's Correct. just t- so important. And I don't think any series or any class is beneath anybody. I just don't, you know, it's people are fast,
1: fast is fast. You know, but I, I had this discussion it. with somebody the other day. I can't remember who it was. It was yesterday, where I said, I think I almost think that it would be easier to get within two seconds on a Moto GP bike. And I'm talking about the level of class riders that are over there now. Okay, like the Dominic Agurta, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah. that it would be easier for him to get to within two seconds of fast time on a Moto GP bike than it would be, and is a bad example because he's ridden Moto two, but then for the average, you know, for just some guy to come in and try to get within two seconds of the Moto Two riders because of what I've heard about those bikes and how hard they are to ride yeah. and yeah. And we've seen it with Cam, haven't we? I mean, this is a world-class yeah. rider that, that, you know, when there's something that when there's a piece missing and you push a little bit too hard, you lose the front, you know, you have a problem. Um, but with the technology in MotoGP, with the data that the teams have, they would be able to walk you through things a lot more to help you understand what the bike is actually doing and the things that you can get away with that you probably can't get away with on a bike like Moto2. So, Anyways, it's 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 really an interesting concept of of how some of that works. And I thought Agirda, I thought Agirda, I mean what the guy kind of deserves something, doesn't he? I thought it was nice that Suzuki did that. And and Greg, what about if I did read something where Watanabe, the same weekend as Aragon, which is next weekend, not the one coming up, but the following, he is going to be at the Bulldog 24-hour riding for cert. So what are the chances possibly that they put a Goethe on the Suzuki for that round? That's, know?
0: that's what everybody's talking about. Same, was, same thing. I yeah, would yeah. think that to that's going to happen. And I think that right? that was a dress rehearsal to say,
1: yeah. And I mean, think
0: about it. He got a test. Why not? You have the, the crew available. They only tested one day. Let's get them on the bike. Let's get them accustomed to it. Because think about it. If you look at what a Goethe has been doing, how much electronics do you really need on the, on the super sport machines? How how much are available on the Moto2 bikes? Nothing. So this was probably Dominic Goethe's first go at, We've talked about it before, right? Riding into those electronics, Jay, being able to start trusting the electronics and and really pinning. And it looked like he, the other thing is, can you imagine when you were racing and you add this element of manually, every time you're going through a corner, you've got to make the decision whether you're going to press a button to lower the rear end of the bike to get drive. Like it's, you know, it's another thing that you have to deal with on the controls. And he got used to that. And I saw a couple of photos where he's accelerating out of a corner and the squat device was in, he, w- he was using the thing. You know, so yeah. something new to learn, something to practice. So now you go, okay, you've got a good idea. We know how he communicates a little bit. Let's go ahead and, and give him a wild card ride, get him to fill in. And uh, because if that's going on at the bull door, chances are they're not racing world Superbike at the same time as a girl. No, they're not his because he's got to,
1: he's got to go to Magny Corps this weekend. So he's gone, mm-hmm. he's gone from, he's gone from this past weekend in in Mizano racing Moto E, he's going to go to race world super sport this weekend coming up in, uh, at Magni Corps. Then he'd go on to Aragon. And you just got to think that if Mir isn't healthy enough, that that would be the thing that they would do. I don't think Mir's yeah. probably in a big hurry to get back. Um, yeah, that's, probably I probably not think he would you, be. You know, I don't think, he, you know, especially if he signed his contract for next year already. Um, yeah. But all that said, it's like, it's nice. Which to he has, a by the way. I don't shot. know if we
0: did the podcast. Mir, Mir signed with HRC. So that's another news yeah. item, I guess. Yeah. yeah that yeah. I kind of missed um, last, from last I, week. I, so I he's, if, he's a dumb oh, yeah, deal. Oh we
1: didn't do a podcast last week. Yeah, that's right um no you didn't do one did you no i didn't i had a well, plan not, to do there was one nothing and, much to talk about anyways um
0: no but i was going to do the news and then i was actually going to run the the um the interview that we have for just our patreon supporters that i did earlier like in april i think it was with um with danilo petrucci i was going to run that i had a plan and it just didn't it, it didn't, didn't work come to fruition all to right me. all right I, I dude i got busy and the next thing you know it was thursday i was like whoopsie daisy I'll just wait. That's all right. But anyway, so good for Dominica Gerda. Hopefully we'll get to see more of him just because. Uh, Congratulations to American-born Rossi Moore. He won the Northern Talent Cup Championship. Northern Talent Cup was raced in places like Le Mans, Asin, with the final being at the Red Bull Ring. And Moore had five races in all. Um, Yeah, so so good for Rossi Moore. Uh, We have to mention Jason, a tip of the cap to Eli Tomac and his Yamaha. He goes 1-1. In the finale, we talked about it a little bit earlier for the Lucas Oil Promoto Cross Championship over Chase Sexton. He went one-one. Did Eli Tomac? Chase went two-two. And also, Jet Lawrence wrapped up another outdoor 250 Championship wow. great year for pro- Promoto. But Jay, there is a graphic that I found online. I can't remember the i I know the name of the Twitter account, but I forgot right now, and I should have written it down. But I want to I want to kind of go over. It's a stat that they came up with. Okay, it's got multiple points, right? It has. The year we're talking about, championship position, points, points led, overall wins, overall podiums, overall finishes, moto wins, moto podiums, moto average finish laps, laps led, and laps percentages. Yep, and it goes 2017, 18, 19 when he was on Cowie when he won the championship, and now 2022 on a Yamaha. A couple things that stand out from those three years on Kawasaki 17, 18, and 19. This is the most points he scored in a single season 546. Same amount of races. Right. 12 races, 24 motos. It also stands out that he has he tied 2019 championship with 11 overall podiums and the same average finish, which is 1.83. But his moto average finishes is 1.96. The amount of laps he did was more laps by one, 384. The amount of laps led, 149 laps led. The closest he did was 18 when he led 138 laps and he led 38.8%. Now to Chase Sexton's credit. Chase unfortunately is like the only rider in Promoto history that finished with a better average of 2. I think he finished with like a 1.96 average, right? Okay. And he and and he didn't win a championship. Crazy. <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah, but that's how close that season like, was this year.
1: That kid is going to be beyond motivated going into next year. Like he is going to be chomping at the bit. I guarantee you that guy right now is already he's ready to go for next year. Like he is Yeah. I mean, yeah. But
0: Jay, I mean, I think, you know, if you look at what we thought the drop-off was at Eli Tomac, I mean, you just have to have to say incredible that he bounces back, leads his fourth championship in so many categories, which also kind of points the finger to me at, hey, he left Kawasaki for a reason. He had his own ideas on how he wanted bikes developed and set up, and Cowie had their own way. It's that whole HRC Rossi situation, right? Back Mm -hmm. in the day when he left to go to Yamaha.
1: And right now, Tomac's proven he was right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, but you know the thing is though, G-Dub, is starts. Starts, I think in the past, when he did the stuff that he did in the past, um, he was coming through the pack. This year he he legitimately couldn't really watch in the races, and I haven't got to see any like from last week, but he this year he got starts and he led the most laps this year because he got starts and you couldn't afford to let Sexton get out front and kind of go away and be mirrored back there in 12th place on the first lap. And this year, it seemed like Tomac's starts were so much better than they've been in the past. And he just used those to his advantage, which, I mean, there's something to be said about that. So, and True. Jet, and, and so what's, I got to start, I just got to do a little bit of reading because I just haven't seen anything that's, I haven't really seen anything, but Jet's on 450 next year, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is Roxanne gone? I mean, what do you
0: do? You what can't do you get do? rid of Chase. I mean, Roxon, it's all about Roxon. You keeping Roxanne? Is he on? I don't know. We'll have to get Y again on and talk about it. Maybe we'll see him this weekend. Wouldn't surprise me if he comes to the America this weekend. Yeah. Love but who love knows that Beach. dude. That dude, by the way,
1: dude hung out a bunch mm. with our boy Stevie English. Steve English? Dude, he is just such a good dude. And he took me all to right, a couple easy really man crush. E- yeah. Took me to a couple pretty special places in Ireland, which was pretty cool, golf wise. Sure but just the professional dis- booth, just the discussions with him about you know how our series is perceived and the rest of the other series around the world are perceived, and um, yeah, it's just a lot of knowledge there um, as far as that goes. And it's it's uh, you know it's it's funny like when you talk to him about things that are going on within the paddock. I also had a really good conversation that we don't need to get into today, but a guy that I'd love to have on the podcast at some point um but Leon Camier I had a great chat with him um How's just, he doing? He's quality man. He's just a quality he's guy. He's a dude, yeah. Just Big a fan. great guy man. Just a great guy. So um yeah there's a number of like just super great people over there obviously.
0: He's a team he's the team boss for uh, for HRC, right? For he HRC is World HRC that is
1: correct. Yep. Yep, he's team boss for HRC. Uh, World Superbike. We talked a lot about that. We talked a lot about the, some of the stuff that they're changing and how happy they are with, with things. Um, how like the bikes like Suzuka are so much different than the World Superbikes that, you know, with the hopes of being able to, to go that direction even. I mean, the thing about Suzuka, right, is those guys are all on Bridgestone tires too. So there's that. That is true. You know, there's big, that. A
0: vast difference, yeah. A big difference. Yeah. So,
1: uh, yeah, there's there, but he'll be a guy that we'll have on here for sure, like during the offseason, cool. I just, think would be great.
0: Before we get out of the uh, the news, I yep. just want to mention that they had the Springfield Mile. They had two planned. That they got rained out on Sunday or whatever, but um, Jared Meese ended up winning the mile over Dallas Daniels, uh, J.D. Beach. So it's really interesting that, uh, you know, of all the bitching and moaning Indian did, they're still able to win a mile. Jared Mees leads that championship by about nine points over Briar Bauman. Uh, and we had a tip of cap to our boy, Raspoli, dude. Rispoli went out in on the Mission Production Twins and won on a KTM 890 Duke. So he him. won the race over Dan Bromley. and um, Coming back from injury. So good for Rispoli. Yeah, coming back from that big Yeah, who, Rispoli? Yeah, the finger egg. deal. Yeah, finger injury and he mentioned something about it, dude, and he didn't really pinpoint it, but I've got to ask him again because I called him and, uh, uh, like, Couple days after we left after he ground his fingers down. Yeah um is he had a little bit of a tip from a doctor, and I want to ask him if that's if that's what he felt worked because it was very interesting. And I'll I'll have to mention it. But congratulations to Raspoli. Jesse Janich leads that championship by 17 over Corey Texter. And then um, yeah, so and then production signals was uh, Trevor Bruner, but Cody Cop leads that one. Yep. So that was flat track and that pretty much wraps up your news presented by a so jason yeah we're off we're off you're off tomorrow i'm off tomorrow to new jersey motorsports park right now the weather is looking ridiculously good love that for racing yep. which is yeah which is really good because we definitely don't want to see any of the the wet stuff at jersey but we're in a situation in our premier medallia superbike class where <laughs> We have a championship that is one point between Jake Gagne and Danilo Petrucci. What are you thinking, buddy? What are you thinking as we head off to this this one? I mean,
1: I am thinking that for the championship, I wish Jersey would have been at the beginning of the year and we had two really good tracks. Like like this has nothing to do with the people of New Jersey or anything, but it's probably my least favorite place to go um, because I always freak out that it's going to rain. And if it rains there, yeah, it's such a shit show if it rains at that place. And you kind of walk around there on eggshells because you know the riders aren't stoked. And I don't even think that that Moto America is stoked when it rains there. There are certain trace tracks that we go to, G Dub, where if it rains, it's really not a big deal. But Jersey in the Barber. past, Jersey, yeah, Barber's great. If it rains, we got no problem at Barber. Um, we don't need to see the deluge that we had there last year, either though at Barber, that was a bit extreme. No, no, Um, no, definitely not. But regardless of all that, uh, Jersey's just kind of one of those places where um, I think that Ducati, if they can get the thing to work well there, I think if Petrucci can get this championship to Barber with a reasonable chance, and I'm saying when I say reasonable chance, if he could not lose more than say, now, let's just say he finished second to Gagne twice. That's almost a win for those guys. I think at this race, if if, Petru-
0: if Petrucci can get within, if he can keep it within nine points,
1: which I think is going to be difficult, because that means he would have to beat Jake, right? Because then you get yeah. twenty five for yeah. first and twenty for second. So the thing yeah. is, he'd have to beat him in one of those. I don't see that happening at this track for those guys. I, if we were going to Barber this weekend, and we had two rounds to go, and Barber was now, I'd be saying, okay, there's a really legitimate chance. I think that. Petrucci going to love Barber. The Ducati's going to work great around Barber. Um, all those kind of things are, are good, but that isn't the case. I think that this will be a place where Gagne could potentially give himself a bit of a buffer going into Barber. And the thing that you got to remember too, is that there are going to be two other Yamahas that I think will be pretty strong there. Skoltz always seems to go decent there. Uh, Cam Peterson will go decent here. So I, I, you know, I think, but 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 also with skulls, Jay. Yeah,
0: from what I heard inside the team, they actually found something. They made a big jump at the last race. It wasn't just Skultz in his hand and and suffering through it. You know, yeah. I mean, his wrist or whatever, his broken wrist. He literally, they found something, and they're they're super excited about it. Now I've heard this before with that team, but still, it kind of feels different. So, I think Cam Peterson and. Matthew Skults could make the difference. It's no different than Quatraro versus uh, Peckel exactly right now yep. where it is Yamaha versus Petrucci. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's and just they it. They have
1: It's, yeah. it's going to be hard work for him. And I think you know, I know that the BMW, I, the Tyler's team went there and tested. Uh it's a home race for for PJ. It, it's a it's a very strange little track. It's a, I think it's actually a pretty fun track. I'd like to see it get repaved and all that, because that's the biggest complaint that I keep hearing out of it all. They did club races there last weekend. I just think that the track itself needs some updating. But when you look at things, Greg, I think that, um, that that'll be the toughest part. When we talk about the Superbike Championship, it's going to be Gagne cannot make any more mistakes. Attack cannot have any more problems. And if they do that, and, and same with Ducati, right now you start to get to that point where the pressure starts coming into the crew chiefs and to the mechanics and making sure that everything is perfect. Right. Uh, Yeah. And so when you look at it, it's a matter of if Petrucci can come out of this, I mean, 11, 12 points back. It's, it's just, it's hard for me to imagine Petrucci doing the double at Barber and Yamaha's not pulling over if that was needed for Gagne. I, Gagne doesn't want that. Gagne just wants to go win races. He doesn't give a shit, right? He just wants to go win. Yeah, no, he doesn't give a shit. He no, doesn't. He care. doesn't care. So no. he just wants to go win. I don't see. Yeah, I just think it's it, all in all. Both bikes running. It, it'll be difficult, I think, for for the Ducati. Even though I'm, I'm, I, I want, I want to see this thing go all the way to the last race of the year.
0: You know, you have Gagne, who is kind of expected to win this championship. He's the number one plate. He won 17 races last year, right? Like, there's there's all that stuff in play. You have Petrucci, who, in a way, you know, operates in a weird window of possibly no expectation. I mean, he's the MotoGP rider. He's kind of expected at the beginning of the year to win. Now, the reasons are solid. You know, the Ducati, as we know, being here, it doesn't work great with Dunlop tires, especially over bumpy tracks, all that kind of stuff. So the dynamic, I think, is is pretty interesting in looking at what pressure is going to be on people, and uh, I, you know, I just right now I think if you look at Gagne, I mean, he started winning World Championships in 2010, right? I mean, he Mm -hmm. won Red Bull Rookies Cup in 2010. He's won the Superbike title. He's won the Stock Thousand title. I'm not sure how many titles Petrucci has under his belt that he's won. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'd have to go back and yeah, yeah, I'd have to go back and do the research, but. And the reason I bring it up is, is you, you know, people would say to me, oh, how can you compare 2010 or whatever? It, it, it takes something. It takes a certain mindset to be able to win a championship and wrap one up, you know. Oh. But now you're looking at four races. You're looking at 100 points, and there's one point difference between them right now. That is pressure. Like you're saying, <laughs> Jay, from the teams, you know, from everybody across the board. And so it's how everybody's going to react to it. But the one thing we can say is Jake's been there, done that but in a different way. He had such well, a massive points lead to win that championship last year. Now the question is, how's is his mental going to hold up under this pressure as much as he said he hasn't thought about it.
1: I think Greg, that you bring up a good point when people start talking about, how do you talk about 2010 and 2000, whatever thing is, is that's what, that's what you build off of in your career. Now, the thing was, is that last year, if you remember, Ganya had such a huge point lead after like six rounds that, he rode so free because it just didn't matter you could go out there and run as hard as you want as fast as you like not have to worry about um any big repercussions you could throw a couple of races you could score no points on a weekend and still be leading by you know 50 or whatever so because he had such a big points lead this year it's different though um i don't think it would be natural to say that there's not a point where gagne is going to be thinking about the championship this weekend you kind of you kind of owe it to yourself to think about it a little bit, but you want to keep on your program and do what he continues to do. If he can if he can still go out, hit his marks, do the best he can, get his good starts, that's going to be the stuff that the years past where he's won championships, he can build off of those and bring that to the races this weekend. Uh, Danilo, on the other hand, is, is in the same boat. He's got to be able to go out and do the best he can. I think Petrucci has the potential to do it. I just don't know. This was... I'm really, really keen on Friday practice for me because I will spend all day Friday Mm, ripping around that that track. And if the bike looks better than it had last year, now it's a completely different bike. I mean, in the sense that they haven't used any notes from last year, set up notes from what I've understood from what you've told me. Uh, Like it's Mm -hmm. just a completely different deal. If that bike looks better than it did last year, yeah, Petruccio will be right there. There's not a question in my brain. But I, you know, again, you brought you had brought up some stuff I think that, Chabadi told you about the bike being developed on Pirellis and some of the other, the stiffness of the chassis, that kind of thing that doesn't lend itself well for a bumpy little kind of circuit like New Jersey.
0: Now this is the one interesting wrinkle that's in all of this. Okay. And I'm not sure if it's true or not, but if you look at the entry list right now for New Jersey Motorsports Park, guess who's on the list?
1: Oh, hold on. I did get it, but I don't know. Josh Heron. Oh, yeah. Well, interesting. Well, they need, they need, yeah, they need to do something to help. But I don't,
0: I don't think he's going to race it. I don't know why they put him on the list. I know that there was chitter, chit chat about him possibly racing at Barber if Petrucci needed the help in hopes that maybe Heron would do it. But Heron's got his own championship to win. It's such a massive risk, in my opinion, right now. If you go look at Supersport and, and, and Josh Heron's got that 76 point win, there's the possibility, right? Like if, if Heron beats Rocco in race one, Heron wraps up the championship. It's done. Yep. That's the scenario. Doesn't matter if if Josh is fourteenth fift- and Rocco's fifteenth, it doesn't matter. Yep. If Josh Heron beats Rocco Landers in any position yep. in race number one, he wins the championship, does Heron? So yep. I I don't know if they're banking on like I don't really know, and I do have a text out to Josh that he didn't reply. I know he's been in New York City and stuff, and he's got the family. And Your boyfriend didn't reply take, to you. Whoa, 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 huh? whoa! Your Call whoa. of Duty?
1: Aren't you guys on video game chat like every day?
0: I haven't seen him in a week Come or something. He hasn't. No, since the last race, we haven't even been on. Yep. So it's not that he's my you know, he's not my boyfriend. Kind of is. He's like my. No, in in gaming terms, you say he's my duo. That's cute. Because you play duos. Yeah, that's cute. But really, it's more like the Brino. That guy couldn't find a
1: better partner than you.
0: Huh? Huh? No, dude, I stink. I stink. That's that's, so funny. Is
1: he try to help you? The biggest. Well, no, I mean, i can only get
0: better by playing. Well, no, like so.
1: That's too bad. You so the
0: way that, you too. really look at someone, if oh, they're sh- good I've started in them of Duty, off, people. I apologize. No, no, no. no, no just real quick. It's, it's, just, it's easy. It's yeah. easy. It's called KD. Okay? It's kill versus death. How many kills do you get versus how many times you die? Yeah. So Heron's sitting at like a one. So it's, it's almost like a one-to-one ratio, right? So for every kill he gets, he dies, whatever. Yeah. Dude, I've been at like 0. 0.3. And now I'm up to like a 0. 0.6. Oh, That's wow. pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. No. So You're basically, the wrong way every there, time Gino. I... I no, yeah, no, I know. It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Just stop yourself with this whole video game talk, all right? Yeah. I do just... have a Twitch channel. Hey, I, I want to see Heron on that
1: Ducati Superbike. Look, they realize that they 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 got to help. They need, that's the needs thing. help. That, he needs
0: help, okay? He needs help because Matthew Skultz proved that by his second place finish race two last week, that's why uh, Gagne has the one-point advantage. It was Skultz digging deep, getting that second place finish and Petrucci finishing third. Had that not happened, had it just been Gagne and, and uh, Petrucci finishing one, two again, Petrucci would still have like a three point lead, a four point lead, something like that, whatever it is. Okay. Anyway, that's that class. Uh, super sport is looking like the Josh Heron show. So like I said, you kind of know the rundown there. It's all on Rocco Lander's shoulders to try to keep this thing alive. That's going to be a good, a good battle. Um, you know, it, it depends on just how much traction's available and what the what the surface is like. I've heard from uh uh Jeff Super Track Day White that you know Jersey's in pretty bad shape. The fastest but, you know.
1: of the White brothers on a racetrack, yes.
0: Anyway, as we move over to junior cup, yep. uh it's Cody Wyman who's leading by forty-nine points over Gus Rodeo. You can Joe Lamondre.
1: He can wrap it up.
0: He, 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 yeah, he definitely could wrap it up this weekend.
1: Before, at the end of the weekend, right? Is what he's got to have.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because he would have the most wins too. So so that would be the tiebreaker. So 50-point lead. However, it's Rodeo, Lamondri's home track. I, you know, I don't know if, if Kayla's got a lot of laps here. I know she's from Pennsylvania, and I'm not sure what she considers her home track and how much time she had, but she's tied with LaMondri right now, uh, three points back from Gus Rodeo. So that's okay. going to be a good battle as well in that championship uh, we also are going to have this weekend just just so you know we have baggers this weekend so that's going to be another battle where uh, Travis Wyman leads that championship co- um, over Tyler Kyle's O'Hara, right? kind of out of it Tyler hair is in second Kyle's kind of out of it because of the DNF or whatever it, happened last time He's 20 points
1: back though, correct? Kyle? 20 points I think he's K- yeah, I, I think up. I think Travis is leading by one over Tyler and then kyle's 20 points back i think
0: yeah so i mean he's within it for sure it's their last race they only have one i think that's right right. just on sunday one yes yeah so 20 points back so it's not i mean travis and tyler are going to have to wad themselves up right because just the number of entries and stuff like that and points for a finish so that's true anything could happen mathematically kyle's still in the mix without question yeah um you're saying that Tyler, so have, Tyler and uh,
1: Travis would have to have bad luck for Kyle to win. Yes, got it.
0: Tyler and Travis would have to have bad luck of some sort for yep. Kyle to win this championship. Yep. So mathematically, Kyle is still in it. The top three are still in it. Yep, with 25 left. Right. Yeah, I, I, right. I know that we're racing. So another like, racing Sunday. Essentially, Super Sports super could get race.
1: wrapped up this weekend. Junior yep. Cup could get wrapped up this weekend. And then we know
0: for sure we're going to crown a number one in in. Mission King of the Baggers, because that's their there. last race.
1: Uh, what do we got next? Twins Cup? Twins? Twins Cup, I Twins? think is uh, Maziato no, and it's Barry snug. going at each other, right?
0: Uh,
1: oh, and, uh, other and first, Blake right? Davis. Like, I think yeah, he's actually Davis, leading the like, championship. Is he leading the championship?
0: I would love to tell you, but with my internet as fast as it is, uh, this thing just won't load right now. I don't know if it's Moto America's website or not, but it I got is it.
1: slow. What's going on with your stuff? Yeah, yeah I'll see if I can find it. I don't,
0: it's literally crawling, dude. Yeah. Oh, nope. wait, here we go. I got it. It finally released itself. So, All right, so yeah, it's one point. So Davis is leading over Masiato by one point, and Jody Barry's wow. down five. So that, so that championship that championship's is going absolutely
1: to, gnarly. That championship's going to the end of the year, which will be good between, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. been really, when you look at that championship, Jody had a big, big lead. And then kind of gave that away to Mazziata, who came along. But both those guys struggled big time at Pittsburgh. And I think Blake won one and finished second in the other. So weird, because we don't call those races, but I watch them all. But I just can't really totally remember what happened there. But uh, but good for Blake Davis. Like, really, really solid. And then in Stock 1000, Corey Alexander's got 181 points. Hayden Gillum's got 142. So... He's got a potential this weekend, too, for Corey to win that championship as well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. there could be some championships like uh, handed out this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty exciting weekend yeah. we have going on. So It's going to be good. Definitely come out the weather. I mean, we're looking at 80 as a high on Friday. 81 Like for the other two days, I believe, in Jersey. It's going to be an awesome weekend. I know kids are back in school. I know you got a lot going on, but come on down and be a part of it. Um, uh, World Superbike. Yeah, they're back. Magni Core. What do you think? I know that, uh, dude. I literally, the name Jürgen Vanden mm-hmm. went through my went through my head, and I'm just laughing at myself. But Michael Vandoorne is back. Wow. Uh, back on the BMW. He's coming back, so that's Why good. And I know that Jürgen Pirelli's got Gorber. some new tires.
1: That's pretty funny.
0: I know, dude. Where did that come from?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's like I, with the, the history side of this. The history side of this whole race, if you remember last year, this is kind of where the, the kind of shit show with what, what race direction has done backing themselves into a corner because Toprak did the triple here last year. And, but he'd ran on the green paint a little bit in that. I think it was, I think it was the super bowl race. Um, but you know, top has been talking about how he wants to win all three races this year again, there, um, I just think it's going to be a super interesting weekend. Have we seen the weather for... Let me pull that up real quick because it's in the sound of Nevers. (laughs) Uh, Because in France, it's going to rain. uh, It will rain. 60% chance of rain. It will rain. I mean, I think it will rain anyways. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. If it does rain, it's an interesting track in the rain. I wouldn't say it's the best track ever in the rain. But I don't think I've ridden it actually since they did the... um, Uh since they did I think they did a bit of a repave there. So looking at the daily I mean, Greg, seventy eight percent chance of rain on Friday, thirty nine percent on Saturday, and then Sunday's supposed to be nice. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see Mm -hmm. what the weather's gonna be like. What's the what's the points in that one right now? Um Uh, in superbike. I'm looking it up. Sorry. I know they know Batista
0: leads two ninety eight. Two two ninety eight Bautista to Johnny Ray's two sixty seven so 30, 31 points yeah um right then top rack is right there at two sixty yeah so Bautista's nursing a pretty decent lead
1: they don't have that many races left do they yeah but they gotta like to be fair when
0: no they do dude they they're only at the halfway point oh no the they, got I mean, they, they got tons of races they still have
1: they got Catalonia after this that they've tested yeah. at then they got then they got Portimao round nine my favorite place in the world. I might be going to that. Mm. Are you going to go? You're not going.
0: I'm trying to get there. I'm No, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying.
1: Well, the problem so, is, is that's... As of that's, right now,
0: I'm not going, but...
1: Yeah, I might end up going to that. And then they got Argentina. Then they got Indonesia. But it, I really do believe that Johnny and Top Rack have to be... They they have to go into Phillip Island with a lead. I just think the Ducati will be too good at Phillip Island. I think that the Ducati is going to yeah. be... Yeah. I think that they they can, Catalonia is going to be interesting. It really, for the Kawasaki, it all depends on the heat. If it's really hot at Catalonia, when they go there and, you know, they had a really good September. test. Remember they had they a did. test
0: just a couple of weeks ago too. And, and Johnny was praising the test. So we'll see if it translates. Yep. We're going to gonna the Magna see. Corps. Yep.
1: Uh, Portugal, I think will be in it. Look, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how that championship shakes itself out as well as world super sport. I mean, a Gert has got a lead now. Um, He doesn't have as big of a lead as he would have had. If you remember with some of the stuff that went down at the last race, they did it most, but he's got a 14 point lead over Baldessari. So when you start thinking about that too, it's like a whole goal this weekend is going to be to try to get that out to 25, 30 points so that he can probably go to Aragon if he does get that opportunity to ride the MotoGP bike. Um, you know, that that'll be an interesting thing for him because he's going to that'll be three race weekends on the trot for him at that point. So, um, yeah, I like I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot going on. I'm not flying out till late tomorrow. I don't get into late tomorrow.
0: I don't blame you, dude. It's been a busy couple of weeks for you. You deserve to be home for at least five minutes. Well, the, this I'm one, driving. Yeah. I'm driving. I got a six and a half hour. All I care about is getting through Washington, D.C. at a decent hour. So I don't have to sit in traffic for a useless two hours. Yeah, shithole yeah well but beyond that
1: yep it, it's gonna be nice just to i'm gonna get in i unfortunately i get in a little bit late tomorrow and then um i'm actually getting out sunday night because i gotta be home i've got i've actually got um well i got a i got a i got a day coming up next friday the 16th at, uh Chuck back Wallen. to the track yeah with you, you're yeah, saying? yeah i'm excited about oh, it yeah? i excited about getting out there gonna Here be kind go. of a gr- kind of a group thing my my good friend gustavo gomez uh and a bunch of his friends from. Um, Uh, the Ducati group that he's a part of. We're going to do a day out there. I'm excited about that, to be honest with you. So I got a bit of a zoom call with them tonight and yeah, and then I'll, I'll get out, uh, but you know, there's so much going on this weekend, so it's going to be, it's going to be good.
0: It's going to be really good. So that'll do it for this podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out again. Tell all your friends about it, share it. If you're listening this deep into it, we certainly appreciate it. And um, you want to be a corner worker? Go check out our description. And I have a link for an email address where you can go reach out to be a corner worker if you want to come join us at Barber Motorsports
1: Park and be part of that.
0: We need corner workers, people. Yeah. They'll
1: definitely help us out. Yeah. If you want to be part of that, that'd be a great thing for uh, for our series and gives people an opportunity to be able to uh, get a little closer to the racing. So it'd be fun. Hey, everyone. Have a great weekend. Stay cool wherever you are. It's hot. Seems like everywhere right now. So stay cool. Me and GW will be back on with you next week. See ya.